0: Good morning, everybody. This is the Cast Adventuresses podcast with Heather and Ute, the show for women who love horses, travel, and adventure. My name is Ute, and I'm happy to welcome you to another exciting episode. One word before we start. If you like the show, please give us a rating or review on your podcast player, as this will help in keeping this podcast up and running. Also, tell your friends about it so more like-minded women can find us and start listening. Thank you. And today I'm having a super interesting guest joining me for today's episode. Um, I'm joined by Zanne Vestera from the Netherlands. She is a true equestrian adventuress, and she has ridden and worked with horses pretty much all around the world, um, but especially in Africa. And she talks about her experiences as a volunteer, as a horsewoman traveling into different countries. She talks a little bit how to find opportunities to ride, how to find jobs with horses, and well, how to generally sustain yourself while traveling while being on the road because she is a hardcore traveler, she loves traveling and she also has a blog, Hooves Around the World, in which she basically blogs about her experiences and gives a lot of really interesting tips uh, for well anyone who really uh would enjoy doing the same thing, traveling, working with horses abroad. So today she's here to tell us a little bit about her adventures with horses uh, in different countries and, yeah, giving us a couple of ideas what we can do to travel the world working with horses. So, yeah, super excited. Let's just go to the show. We are explorers. We are trailblazers. We love to do what cannot be done. We love to
1: test our limits, cross borders, and we love the freedom horses bring us. We seek lands without fences. Who are we? We are equestrian adventuresses. We are a community of women who love horses, travel, and adventure.
0: To infinity and beyond! And now your hosts, Uta and Heather! What if you could have the adventure of your dreams? Enjoy your free time with your horse going out in a boat. The equestrian Adventuresses created a workshop with 18 experts to tell you how to achieve this with and for your horse. We asked all of them to share their biggest mistakes and their strategies which brought them to where they are today. We asked them what they would have done differently in the first place so that you can learn directly from them. In this workshop you will Learn strategies from our experts to succeed in having adventures with horses. Increase the speed while learning secrets our experts share with you. Get inspired. Sometimes we forget how important it is to just dream. This workshop will give you inspiration and motivation to fulfill your dreams. Our 18 experts are incredibly talented horsemen and women from different fields and countries, and they have shared amazing insight and tips. Some of them are Kelly Wilson from New Zealand, who talks about what wild horses teach us, how to read horses, and how Liberty Work helps us in our relationship with our horse jonathan field from canada who talks about how to stay safe with horses and how trail riding can help you with your general riding skills sarah Cuthbertson from ride like an athlete tells us all about riders fitness and how to prepare your body for an adventure sandra schmidt from ireland gives advice about how to prepare for an overnight camping trip with horses and about what equipment and gear is necessary Charlotte Kingsman Chaudry talks about how to manage our emotions to have a better relationship with our horses. Kathleen Leonard tells us about the biggest mistakes new long riders make and how not to long ride. And these are just some examples. There are many more. Additionally, there are bonus panel discussions about different topics such as saddlebags, tipping etiquette, when, what to do what, when you're injured while riding abroad and many more. All this you can access from the comfort of your home or listen to while driving out to work or to the stable. We have also added behind-the-scene footage and you will receive a goal-setting workbook to put your new knowledge to work. You can get all this for a special price of just 27 US dollars. As a limited offer, you can find our virtual workshop on the Equestrian Adventurers website and I will also add the link in our show notes. Just click on it and start fulfilling your dreams about adventuring with horses. Oh, and here we are back again, and I have a super interesting guest with me today. Um, Let's welcome Sanne Vestera from Hooves Around the World from the Netherlands. Uh, First of all, very welcome, Sanne. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much. You are a true equestrian adventuress and and owner of the blog Hooves Around the World. Maybe you could introduce yourself first and tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, where you are, who you are, basically.
1: Well, I started working with horses quite uh, early in life. I always had a little Shetland pony when I was very young. Um, And I never never got rid of the virus, quite to say it like that. Um, So I've always had horses in my life. And in school, I never never knew what I wanted to do. But I knew that I wanted to ride horses um, as much as possible, um, as many hours a day, as many days out of my life. Um, And then uh, when I was 17, I moved to Africa. Um, I went on a holiday there, a horse riding holiday with my mom at the time because I'd finished uh, high school. It was like a a present from her that we were going to do this horse safari together. Um, And then I got offered uh, a job at the horse safari company there that uh, we came to visit Um, So I went back to the Netherlands for probably about a week because it was over Christmas. So I I spent Christmas with my family in Holland and then went back to Africa for almost seven years afterwards uh, with a few breaks in between. And then I wanted to... Over COVID, to find another way to uh, let more people know about this lifestyle of like horses and travel and stuff like that, and I actually got uh, an advertisement on Facebook about um, uh, starting a blog and how easy it was and all that kind of stuff, advertisement stuff. So I was like, "All right, this sounds fun. I like to write, so um, I started writing down all my stories and giving some advice and info and. Um yeah, so I started uh, writing about all these trips that I'd done and people seemed to like it. So I continued and uh, might have been a weird thing to start a blog about travel in the middle of a pandemic, but it worked out pretty, pretty well. I love what I do and uh, allows me to ride horses every day for as many days uh, as I want, which is amazing.
0: Right. Yeah. You've written on your in your blog, basically, that you dropped out of medical school um, to pursue your dreams of traveling and horse riding all around the world. Well, tell us a little bit more about what you do and what your plans are for the future.
1: Um, well, my plans, uh, well, that's right, that I dropped out of medical school. Um, I'm still very happy that I did. Uh, I don't want to become a doctor, so that's definitely not in the future. I figured that out. Um, but... Uh, what I really want to do is continue with Hooves around the world, which uh, so far so good. Um, and I'm looking to eventually like I think it's every horse girl's dream to have their own barn with their horses in the in the field right outside and all that stuff. Um, but I'm really loving who's around the world. And this way I get to promote some of the places that I I Loved visiting very, very much. And uh, I get to inspire other people to also go there and have fantastic experiences.
0: Right. So tell us a little bit about your blog, Uh, Hooves Around the World. So you basically, I have, um, I had a good look and I will also link it into the show notes for anyone who is interested, um, who's listening to in today. Um, There is a lot of advice. Basically, you've written a lot of um, articles about, um, some about yourself, of course. Uh, That's why I know that you dropped out of medical school. You gave a lot of advice on, on, in your blog. And you've of course written about a lot of your horse riding destinations. So tell us a little bit what else, um, or what this blog is all about and for whom have you written it?
1: This blog, I think uh, the, the person or the people that I'm writing it for is um, myself, seven years ago, when I first started traveling with horses, because um, I didn't know any of the things that I, I write on the blog about now. Um, so it was difficult to find people to um, to work with and to help them with their horses, especially in Africa, where... Uh, people uh, definitely seven years ago weren't very connected or had Instagram pages to look at or all that kind of stuff, which uh, is getting easier now. But um, yeah, I'm basically writing for myself then and what I wish I would have known uh, to uh, find these incredible places more quickly Um, and all the things to keep in mind when you're traveling in Africa, because obviously for us, those of us that are not from africa the standard of horse keeping is slightly different obviously um and it's something to get used to um so i think it's it's just advice on how to have a good time without um making all the mistakes that i did seven years ago and still occasionally make
0: So you have done plenty of riding and volunteering fairly all around the world, a lot of it in Africa. Tell us a little bit about it. Do you have like a favorite experience or, you know, what's what really maybe perhaps stood out? I think
1: I have quite a lot of favorite experiences, but um, I think what will forever be my favorite is um, the encounters that I've had with wild animals in uh, South Africa when I first came. Um, just because it was also new, and I just loved being able to ride this horse in the middle of nowhere um surrounded by nature, nothing man made uh anywhere in sight, and just seeing an elephant around the corner or a rhino like walking out the bushes and that kind of stuff like it 's really um that for me is still the most amazing experience even though at this point obviously I've seen it so many times it might seem a bit normal um but it's not every time it still feels like it's the first time that you're standing in front of a lion or those kinds of things um yeah so that I think is definitely like personally my my best experiences experience um yeah and then I mean a lot of the trips I've done I've really loved and some of them are were more special to me than others but um in the beginning of this year I got the chance to go to Luxor in Egypt which was a really incredible ride and that one for me was also like one of my favorite experiences um just because at some point you kind of think oh I've seen that I've done that and um, it becomes less special, uh, but then coming there, I had I didn't I don't think I had low expectations. I just think I had no expectations because it was um, I think my fifth uh, ride in a row. So I was flying a lot in between. I was really tired, um, a bit of a, a travel zombie at that point. Didn't have much sleep. Uh, meeting lots of new people, so I was just a bit neutral with the whole situation and it it surprised me so much every minute of every day i was so shocked by by what i was seeing and the amazing views and uh how incredible the horses were and all that kind of stuff so that was really special for me as well um and it kind of put me in my place like you no know, you you haven't seen it all yet <laughs> not at all like there's still a lot of places that uh, that are left to explore Um, And this
0: was one of them. And that was really incredible. Cool. You've also joined um, a wildlife conservation project in Zimbabwe, right? Which actually is uh, on horseback. Can you tell us something about it?
1: Yeah. So this is um, my favorite, uh, well, who's around the world's favorite partner. Uh, I, I really love what they do there. And um, I had the chance to to join it in the in the beginning of this year. And uh, it just had everything like I told you about, before about uh, seeing uh, wildlife on horseback, like it had that aspect. and then it's also on a conservation reserve. So everything they do, uh, they do it for the animals and uh, for their safety. Um, to repopulate uh, national parks in Zimbabwe with uh, with white rhino and black rhino as well, um, and it's basically an education course that I did. So um, obviously, having worked in safaris for quite a few years before coming there, um, it, I, it was things that are like the the basics of guiding uh, horse safaris. But it was still really interesting to. To see how many people it attracted from all over the world that are so interested in, in conserving our wild animals and um, our nature, especially in, in Africa. Um, and I think it's a really special opportunity where people get to come and enjoy uh, what's basically a, a holiday because you don't have to work very hard. Um, you still get really nice dinners and uh, an open bar and all that kind of stuff. Um But that way people do get to learn about uh, how important and how not easy, but how accessible conservation is and how we can all do our part. And uh, it's like it's like a success story, what they've built there, uh, where if you have a team of passionate people, you're able to to conserve all these beautiful animals and you get to do it a lot of it on horseback, which is obviously incredible. Um it's, it's just amazing because a lot of the activities that we do there are, um, for example, checking the fence line or uh, checking up on a giraffe with a bad eye, stuff like that, you know. So we go on horseback because otherwise, if you go by car, there's a lot of uh, places that you are not able to go. Um, so we go by horseback and we check up on the giraffe and see if he's doing okay. Or we, um, go have a look at the cheetah to see what kind of kill they made or all those kinds of stuff. Um, which I think is something really special and really accessible for people. Cause it's not often that you get to do like participate in such a project.
0: Yeah, definitely. People can actually book uh, certain horse riding experiences, including this volunteer program, actually from your website. Um, what is so special about the programs you offer from your website? Because they're quite limited. So, are these all programs you have been you have done yourself before?
1: Yeah, they're they're super limited.
0: Um,
1: so, I often refer people to to other places as well, of course. But these are uh the the projects that you can book with me are really the projects where um i am 100% sure i've i've been there uh and uh, most of them i've been there quite a few times as well and every time the horses have been in incredible condition which is um a, a difficult thing to check up on uh especially in africa because it's just a little bit different that doesn't mean that one is bad and one is good but um horses are not as uh chubby in africa as they are in in europe and that's okay but it is important for me to uh to send the people that uh that want to book these experiences to a place that treats their horses really really well um and where they're well trained and nice to ride as well and that you don't get uh get put on the horse that has just been broken in last week and that kind of stuff. Uh, so here it's really these places. I am a hundred percent sure that these people love and care for their horses really well and that it's, it's organized in a safe way. And besides those things, so, so safety and animal, uh, being they also offer the most amazing programs that I've ever been on. So it is very personal. It's my, um, my opinion it's not very objective uh it's just from all the places that i've been that i would say uh these are the ones that you need to go to if you've seen these then then you can continue to the other ones but from my from my uh my opinion these are just the most amazing places that you could possibly go on horseback
0: right i understand yeah and i mean there's couple of very nice places there and particularly the the wildlife conservation program in Zimbabwe sounds really interesting now horse riding and or say traveling and horse keeping doesn't necessarily go very well together so you already said that maybe one day you would like to have like a barn and uh, you know your own horses but it's always a little difficult also to keep on traveling what's more important for you
1: it's difficult to say um because I I had uh so in my like riding career, I don't want to call it a career, but like in, in my lifetime where I've ridden horses uh, in my teens, I used to uh, ride at quite a high level of dressage with my old pony and my old uh, dressage horse. And the the last dressage horse I had, I had him in the time where I started to travel. So it was very difficult to keep him. And I realized that it's not fair Um, to the horse to just like let him uh, stay in the field for five months and then come back from traveling and then go on a competition two weeks later. You know, it's not a fair thing to to put a horse through that. And he he really wanted attention. It was just such a cuddly horse that I felt really bad. So he eventually um, got sold to this uh, little girl who loves him very much. And then I realized that I don't want to have uh, a horse anymore because it's just not feasible with traveling. And at the time I was traveling full time, which I am not doing anymore. And then I was asked to train a horse of a friend of my mom's in Holland. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. And uh, long story short, I broke the horse and then fell in love with her and now she's been mine for two years uh so I kind of (laughs) didn't follow my own rule there um so now I do have a horse and she uh fortunately gets to stay with the old owner at the barn there um but for me like I said I used to travel full-time and that's not something I I loved it very much for for many years but um it's not something that I'd like to keep doing just because. A little bit tiring. Uh and I really loved it. But at this point I like uh I like travel in a different way where I enjoy visiting new places, but it doesn't have to be for six months in a row anymore. So now uh I ride my horse uh throughout summer and uh then in the winter I leave for let's say two months in total, but broken up into little pieces because in Holland uh riding in winter is also it's it's not really an option just because we we don't have any indoor places to ride around there um so then she she just gets a little bit of vacation and then it's okay so that's also what i want to uh want to do with uh with the barn where it's just a few months or not even months but a few weeks out of the year where i go to these amazing places and then when i come back um my horse hasn't become uh a very chubby ball of fluff yet, you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds like a very good compromise there.
1: Hmm.
0: So um, you've written blog articles about who's writing all around the world and you give a lot of advice, actually, and it's quite sound advice. Um, Let's discuss a couple of things here and this podcast. So some, some listeners might really um, get the idea of having a closer look at your blog as well. Um, What could you advise to a woman um, who wants to volunteer for some weeks or even months on on a small budget, are there places to go? Where she can go and and ride and places volunteer, perhaps. Um, what could you advise there?
1: It, first of all, really depends on the continent, but um, I actually just had a conversation with a young lady today, and she wanted to go to Africa for a few weeks to volunteer with horses. And there is definitely very nice places. Um, I used to work at a place called Hotso in the Drakensberg in South Africa. And they offer those types of uh, volunteer, voluntourism, uh some say, uh, placements where you get to ride horses every day and uh, you get to stay there for free. And it also gives you a chance to explore the area and stuff. So that one is a really, really nice place. Um, but there's there's loads around Africa as well. Um, and I always have a look on, on Workaway, the website where, uh, and I just type in horses and I see where in the world I can get a nice volunteering, uh, opportunity with horses. And the thing is also, um, once you've built a little bit of a network, so let's say it's your second or third time volunteering. Um, what I've noticed over the years is that people, um, they, they, people give really good advice. So if you're staying somewhere, you really like it and they advise you or they tell you like, oh, there's this other really nice place, then uh, it's probably worth the risk to just go there and knock on their door and say, hi, I want to I want to ride your horses for a bit. Um, so I think the network is the most important thing, especially in Africa. Um, but in South America, for example, Uh, So many people have horses. A friend of mine recently uh, went to South America again. She worked there for a year in 2017 or 18 and she went back and she basically just took a flight to uh, Uruguay, um, got off and uh, walked to the farm where she wanted to work. And they were like, yeah, sure, that's fine. (laughs) i have so many horses there so it's a little bit different it also depends on on what kind of traveler you are of course if you're in a if you only have a short uh or a limited amount of time
0: um then i would recommend sending an email first yeah perhaps a good idea Mm -hmm. and i think today it's so easy to write emails i mean i still remember when you had to send letters or fax um you know, and you never know whether it would go through or not. So yeah, it's yeah. actually quite convenient. So how easy is it to work in different places? I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about volunteer work, but even if you want to pick up a job as like a, you know, horse guide somewhere, how easy is it to work in a different country? Um
1: well it, it depends. Uh so let's let's say Africa, because that's where I have the most experience. Okay. Um it's quite easy to get a job as a guide. It's quite difficult to get paid for it. Um, so uh, that usually takes a while and the, the wages are quite low. Um, but to get the job is actually if you have a little bit of experience, it's very easy because people um, are in need of more horse people in Africa because the, the population of horses is growing and um the population, or the the amount of businesses that use uh, or use uh, yeah use horses for uh, for tourism, so for guided rides and uh, that kind of stuff, uh, is also growing. So um, there's a lot of guides needed there. Uh, so as long as you have a little bit of experience in Africa, you'll be fine. The getting paid part is slightly tricky. Um, also because there's a lot of work visa uh, stuff going on. So it's very difficult to get a work visa. And uh, if you do, then um, you do need to stay at the same company as well. So you can't uh, use that same work visa for another place as well. So that's, I think, the main struggle for people trying to get a job in horses uh, in Africa, uh, just because,
0: surprisingly, it's a lot of paperwork to go and work in Africa. (laughs) I bet. I mean, uh, I know in a number of countries, it's not so easy to get a permission to work um, whenever you leave Europe. I mean, this is one of the great thing about the European Union. You can actually work wherever you like uh, as a European uh, Union citizen. But uh, if you get out and particularly, I guess, in countries such as Africa, where you have a lot of unemployment, it's quite difficult to get a job there. So have you worked anywhere else except in Africa as well?
1: Well I've I've worked in Europe. Um I used to guide uh beach rides um on one of the islands uh in the north of Holland. Um so it was like a, a a riding school so they didn't do uh like multi-day tours which is what I mostly do now. Uh but they did like these uh experienced galloping rides over the beach which was beautiful um but that was obviously in the EU so for me it was quite easy to to work there um and i loved it and i worked for a short while in wales um which was also beautiful uh very cold for me <laughs> but beautiful and really nice horses um that was uh just in the beginning of this year as well uh, around April I think and I really liked it uh but then who's around the world got a little bit busy so I eventually unfortunately had to had to leave there um but that was actually also quite easy except well now uh with the UK it's a little bit difficult uh more difficult to get a work visa but it's still not uh not the end of the world it's still possible for uh EU citizens um well, mostly Africa for the rest, but around 10 countries in Africa um, where I've either volunteered or worked or trained horses, that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Yeah. What are some of the destinations or experience which are still there on your bucket list? I can imagine there's probably still plenty of countries you want to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: I think it's a never-ending list because as soon as you tick one off, you see some place new that gets added at the bottom of the list. Um, but I would say, like the the places that I'd still love to go the most is definitely Iceland, which I think is on every horse adventurer's uh, bucket list, uh, and Mongolia as well, um, and. A little bit of a weird one but the Congo which uh it will probably be difficult to ride horses there but um I would just love to see the the nature there you know but I think those are the ones well I would also really like to go to Jordan there there's a lot that I still want to go to but I think those are like the the main ones that I would like to do very
0: soon Okay. You've also written uh, in your blog about basically how to sustain yourself while traveling because very obviously um traveling costs money and particularly if you travel a lot and if you want to ride horses we all know horsekeeping is expensive. Can you give us a couple of um advices here? Can you just uh, talk a little bit about your experiences perhaps? Yeah, so
1: I um I write a lot about this because uh when I started I, uh, went through all my money, I think within the first six months, because Mm -hmm. well, as an unexperienced traveler and you're just having a great time. Um, I didn't want to say no to any of these experiences that I wanted to have. Um, so that quickly uh, blew up in my face. So that's why I write about it a lot as well, because it's such a shame when, when this happens. Um, and then after that, I obviously had to, uh, work quite hard to uh, make enough money to, to stay for any longer. So I think the the best advice is to budget before you go, not when you've already spent all your money. <laughs> but it might seem logical, but it wasn't to me at the time. Um, but if you make a, a budget and then while you're traveling to find a way to... Um, never get to zero every month. So if you have a budget of 500 US dollars a month or a thousand or 5,000, it doesn't matter what the budget is, but as long as you don't uh, run the budget out each month, then you should be okay. And then at some point, this would be if you're traveling uh, for a set amount of time. So if you say, okay, in a year, I'm going to uh, come back. But if you, let's say, are traveling like forever in your mind like you don't have a set date that you're going to be coming back uh, then I would say try to fill up that budget as much as possible so try to find a job that makes you just a little bit of money just so you don't uh, so so that you break even every month and then if that's going well uh, try to earn a little bit more but for me it's always been uh, that balance between traveling full-time and working full-time so I never wanted to work full-time when I was traveling because I wanted to enjoy everything but there's definitely ways especially if you um, have a very niche skill that you're very good at Uh, a lot of people um, sell their their art or uh, write for others uh, that kind of stuff and it's very easy to do that online and, uh, and make money from it to, to fund your travels. And for me, it's always at that point when I, when I blew through all my money, I, um, I started to find ways to make money online. And I did probably the most boring jobs that I could find, uh, but it earned me a little bit of money while at the same time being able to to volunteer at these nice places and have a low um, not spend a lot of money, which which really helped for me. And then at some point I was able to to get back on track. But yeah, I think online nowadays it's it's such, well it's not an easy way to make money. There's still, of course, a lot of work involved, same with with a normal job. But uh, there's so many places you just have to Google, how can I learn this and this? And you'll get a tutorial or a video or a course that you can do. Um, so as long as you have Wi-Fi, then you'll be able to to just earn a little bit of extra cash to keep you
0: keep you going and keep you traveling around the world. Right. What are some kind of resources here, perhaps? Where where can you go and find odd jobs on the Internet? So, um where i uh took
1: those first jobs was on upwork uh it's a it's a very large platform where uh, they literally have every single job in the world i think uh, online job in the world um really thousands thousands and thousands of them and uh, on there, it's quite important that you filter for your skills. So for example, I speak Dutch and English. Um, so I would search for uh, translators needed Dutch to English or the other way around. Um, and that way you get to find jobs that are not very competitive and that you have a chance to, to earn some money And with those, you can also find uh, one one time uh, projects or longer uh, jobs where you just work a certain amount of hours a week um, or these short jobs that you get 50 bucks for uh, doing a couple hours of work. And then then that's it. So that one has been really nice um and for the rest i think uh fiverr is a really nice place to promote things such as uh writing or translating but also art and stuff um because you can just you can sell what you want to sell on there and there's a market for almost everything uh just because it's such a large platform as well um that one works really well and uh a website if you if you have a specific niche specific skill that you want to promote Um, i i've lately been seeing quite a lot of websites from guest authors so people that uh, as a living writes blog posts for other bloggers um and their websites uh grow tremendously because they're they're good writers and they uh everyone's um i do like referring to them saying that oh these are great um and that way they get to grow this this big platform and uh promote their writing skills to the world so i think that's just an example but i think those are are very nice ways to um be able to to create a platform on which you can earn a little bit of money or a lot of money depending <laughs> right
0: okay let's get back to your to your blog um hooves around the world um what do you think or do you have any do you have any plans uh, for the future? Well,
1: yes, um, lots. But uh, I would like to definitely add more destinations to to Hoos around the world. I think that's my top priority for now. Um, and I want to create some more uh, different trips because I really love um, organizing the meetups that we do. So to each location that uh, that Who's Around the World has. We go to each of those once every year and we bring a group of of guests with us and then I come with as well. And these are usually all um, women that travel solo. Um, Some of them really experienced travelers, some of them traveling for the first time. And it's kind of a way for them to to be introduced to to traveling solo and how nice it is and you don't have to go completely solo you can go in a group so I like to I would really love to create more of those rides in the future where um, or for women traveling solo or for beginners trying to uh, like expand their their horse riding skill set or People that like horses but have never had the chance to to get into riding and they would like to learn because I've noticed a lot of um a lot of people reach out to me saying like I don't know how to ride a horse but I would love to learn and it's it's quite difficult to find those places where uh, where you're in a, in a beautiful location where it's still a holiday but you also get to learn about horses and riding and stuff so that's that's really the rides and uh, projects I would like to focus on in the future and promote more so that everyone can do what we all love, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. That sounds like, like um, definitely like a plan and uh, it sounds interesting. And um, definitely I'm following you on, um, on Instagram. And I definitely keep an eye on your, on your blog and website and then for the future. Sana, it was amazing talking to you. Um, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Yeah, thank you very much. And that's it for today's episode. Heather and me want to thank you very much for tuning in to the Equestrian Adventurers podcast, the show for women who love horses, trouble, and adventure. Are you missing a topic or have an interesting story to tell? Contact us through our Facebook group or send us an email on podcast-show at com. For all information on this episode, check out today's show notes. You can find the link in your podcast player window or just go to the Equestrian Adventurers' website under podcast. Here you can find all the information about our virtual workshop Adventuring with your Horse, our latest free travel guidebook, the ultimate Equestrian Adventurer's bucket list or our 1000 miles challenge. So long, everybody. Happy trails.